The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. If I were to ask you to to describe your life in one word, what would it be? Think about it. If I were to send out kind of a questionnaire or a poll to our entire community, what are some of the words that, that we would see? Um, maybe, you know, some of us would have kind of positive words like full or uh, comfortable or blessed. Maybe, though, there are many of us that would have different kinds of words that maybe something like challenging or busy, stressed, um, or even uncertain. What, what do you think some of the words would be? Um, I have a proposal for you. As a, as a follower of Jesus, I want to propose a word that is a powerful word. Um, and as powerful as it is, I would guess that it's not a very common one. In fact, if we were to have done a poll uh, of our entire community, I would bet that this word might not even make the list, honestly. Um, the word is stillness. Stillness, or what I'm going to call this morning gospel stillness. Gospel um, stillness. Um, several years ago, I, I noticed something in, in my own life that, that concerned me. Um, several years ago, I noticed that my prayer life was dry. Uh, it was dry. I would, I would come to the Lord and I would come to him guarded. I would come to the Lord and, and I would be in control, if you know what I mean, um, I would come to the Lord because I knew I needed to, kind of like some checklist thing. I, I knew I needed to do this. Um, I would come to the Lord to get him to, to try to get him to do what I wanted him to do. Um, you know, is there any wonder why my prayer life was dry? I mean, it's because my relationship was dry. I, I think about this. I mean, just imagine my relationship with my spouse, if it were to be like this, if I would only come to her when I wanted to talk at her, if I would only come to her if I was in complete control, if I only came to her to ask her or to try to get her to do something I needed her to do. Um, that is the makings, church, of a relationless relationship. Yet, as I examine my life, this is how I was approaching my God. Um, and to make matters worse, and I don't know if you can relate to me here, but to try to mask the dryness and to try to make up for it, um, I would work. I would work hard. I would busy myself with working for my God rather than, or to mask the fact that my relationship with my God was dry which doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it again in the context of a marriage relationship. If I treated my wife this way, um, if the only time that, 
the only reason I would come to, to her was to kind of go through the motions, to do the work of being a good husband, to, to um, care for the house and the family. Um, I mean, all that's good, but you know what? It doesn't cover up or change or fix the fact that my relationship with her is dry. It does not work. It does not work. Yet, this is what I was doing or trying to do with my relationship with my God. And it led me to do a lot with very little satisfaction. My task this morning, church, was going to be to cover an entire psalm. Uh, I'm scratching that a bit, changing that a bit, and instead I'd like to share with you one verse. Um, Actually, uh, scratch that too, I'd like to share one part of one verse with you this morning. And I like to share this because God has used this verse to radically change my life and to set my life on a new trajectory. Um, the simple verse is Psalm 46. Psalm 46.10. Psalm 46.10a, actually. That simply says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. There are two imperatives here. There's be still and know that I am God. Let's think about the first one, be still. And I, I want to give you an example that might help us kind of wrap our minds around this, this word. Um, imagine with me that you're in a passenger seat of a car that is being driven by an overly aggressive driver. Nothing more hopeless than that. Um, a driver that, that accelerates too quickly, that, that uh, waits way too long to push on the brake pedal, um, who swerves in and out of traffic like they're playing a video game with your life on the line, right? Um, it's hopeless. It's terrifying. And, and, and in that moment, I bet you'll be able to relate to me here. In that hopelessness, we tighten Every muscle in our body tightens. You grab hold of the armrest with like superhuman strength. Uh, maybe you can relate to me in this. I slam my foot down in the passenger floorboard and on this imaginary uh, brake pedal that doesn't exist. Uh, but I tighten up. I slam the floorboard. I grab the armrest. Uh, none of it does anything. Um, but it's this natural response. It's the tightness. We brace ourselves for impact. And, and as we do that, we, we tighten up. We tighten up. Now, can you relate? I might have just stressed some of you out for that. I apologize. Um, yet, how often is this the way that we live our lives? Tightened up. Bracing for some impact. Every muscle tighten. This word be still here in, in Psalm 46.10 is a word, the Hebrew word rafa, which, which carries with it the connotation of letting go, releasing. Um, it's, it carries with it, if you're in the drive, let's go back to the passenger seat. You know what rafa means? It, it, it carries with this term to loosen the grip that we have, the death grip that we have on the passenger arm seat or the armrest. To let go, to release, 
to be still. Um, let me give you one more example, uh, and we'll kind of bring these two together. Think with me of the jack-in-the-box. Not the restaurant, but the cruel tool toy that we give to our children. Um, the jack-in-the-box is, is, is specifically designed to exploit this response in our children, if you think about it. So what, what happens is you turn this crank, and, and the eerie music plays, terrifying music, and, and um, the child will know what is going to happen, but not when, and, and all of a sudden, this, this creature jumps out of the box, interrupts the melody. It's never, you know, at the end of the song. It's always right in the middle of this me melody. No warning. Just jumps out and terrifies his cow. Um, I think about my favorite Christmas movie, Elf, where, you'll see, where you see this, this response. You see Buddy the Elf testing the, the jack-in-the-box, and he gets to the one and gets the whole song, right? And then he thinks, oh, it must be broke. puts it aside, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the thing just scares him. Um, and he just slams the thing in frustration onto the table. That's the response I'm talking about. It's that tightness, bracing, that dun, 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 dun. You're, you're bracing, you're ready for it, right? Um, and, and, and here's the thing, the jack-in-the-box, that feeling of tightness, the passenger seat of, of the car, that feeling of tightness, both of these reveal something, a tendency that we have. The tendency to brace ourselves and to tighten ourselves for what is to come, especially when it's unknown or especially when it is out of our control. Now, as you think about our lives, is that not what life is so often? Our lives are filled with unknowns. They're filled with things that are out of our control. And as a result, just as a child waiting to be scared out of their mind by a jack-in-the-box, or just like a, a, someone in a passenger seat of a car that's clamping down on the armrest, um, we are tight. We brace. We're clamped down. And, and it's right there in the midst of that that God's Word says, be Still, release, let go, breathe. But hear me, it's not just let go, it's not just release, because the second imperative is right after it. It's be still, release, let go, Rafa, and know. Be still and know. Uh, in other words, it's not just this emptying of our minds and a denial of reality. That's not what it is. Uh, instead, it is a replacement church. We are replacing our fear. We're replacing our tightness and our stress and our anxiety. We're replacing it with the knowledge, the truth of who our God is. Uh, Isaiah uh, for, uh, 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The only way, church, for us to let go of our tightness and let go of the armrest, the only way is for us to replace that tightness with the truth about who our God is. It's about replacement. 
It's about replacement, that we are still and we know. Be still and know. This be still and know, that is gospel stillness. I'd like to give you a definition that I've, I've had for, um, for years in my life. Um, gospel stillness is the momentary fast from contribution, consumption, and control. To worship, know, and enjoy Jesus more. Let me give you this again. Gospel stillness is the momentary fast from contribution, consumption, and control to worship, to know, to enjoy Jesus more. So, as we think about this, it's a momentary fast. That means a temporarily kind of timeout, pause. Right? And we're, we're taking a temporary timeout pause from, from three things, from contribution, meaning what you bring to the table, meaning uh, it's not about you reading X amount and doing X in this time. It's, it's not about you doing anything or contributing. So we're, we're pausing from um, contribution. Second thing is we're pausing from consumption, meaning it's not about you taking in um, um, reading the best devotion. It's not about you taking in the best sermon or even reading the best book. All those are great, by the way, but we fast from that. And also, not just that stuff, but the, we, 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 we take a pause, a timeout from um, consuming our news feeds, our uh, social media, whatever we consume, we take a, a break. So from contribution, second, consumption, and then third, control. Oh, control, church. That, that It's not about our agenda. God, do this, do that. It's not about that. It's not about us drawing the lines of engagement, the rules of engagement for our God to follow. It's not about that. It's about letting go and surrender. So we pause from those three things so that, so that we're able to be still, so that we're able to do three things. One is to worship. This is that we focus our hearts on him, not just our minds, but our hearts on him and his word, to worship him. Number two is to know him, not just know about him, but to know him, our living God. And then three, to enjoy him, that we simply push the pause button to rest and enjoy the presence of our God. <clears throat> In other words, we are able to let go, relax our, our grip, release, breathe, and know who our God is, to be still and to know. Um, what a joy and what a privilege it is that we're able to do that through Christ and through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. This is stillness and knowing. This church is gospel stillness. But we're not done yet because I want to take this from, you know, the clouds, which there are none. It's beautiful out here right now. Um, take this from kind of theory and bring it down to practice. Because I would bet that many of you hearing this might agree with everything I'm saying. I would guess that many of you hearing this might even, you know, really like this concept. However, I, I, I would bet that there are many of us who do not know where to begin. 
who have no idea where to begin, how to be still, or where to go from here. Um, Honestly, it took years of me following Jesus before I learned how to actually live out this simple command of Psalm 4610 to be still and know. So I I started, I shared a little bit about my history. I want to kind of pick up here on this for a moment. Um, Because as I said, I found that my life was, was full of busyness, full of good things too, good things, full of it. At the same time, so much stress and anxiety and tightness. And as I said before, my spiritual life was just dry. And and here's what I noticed. And as I share this, I'd like to ask just a few questions along with this for us to kind of assess our, our own lives. So the first thing I noticed in this in this season is that I noticed my prayer life was all about me. It was it was me and I did a lot of talking and I did no listening. I didn't even have space to listen. I never stopped talking long enough to listen. Church, when is the last time that you listened to your God, for your God? When is the last time you even created the space or the time to listen to your God? Like me, have you made your prayer life a one-way street, a one-way process that's all about you and your needs? Rather than knowing, experiencing, resting in the presence of your God. The first thing I learned here is that my natural, my natural tendency is to talk, not listen, to fix, not wait, to stress, not worship. That's my natural bend. And it felt so strange to be still. In fact, try it. I, it's, why is it so difficult to just be still and to know our minds just run in a thousand different directions? Which leads me to the second thing I noticed, um, which is that, uh, hear me out here. I had replaced stillness with study. I'd replace stillness with study. Now, I study the Bible, which is good, right? I mean, God speaks through his word. He speaks through, but um, of course he does. Yet, in all my study, I often wouldn't let him speak. Uh, My study became kind of, in some ways, my excuse not to listen because it allowed me to keep contributing, to keep controlling and to keep consuming. And so I studied, but did I ever really meditate on the word of God like scripture calls me to do? Uh, No, no. Church, when is the last time you have meditated on God's word? When is the last time you have sat with it? Unrushed, uh, unhurried, savoring and cherishing every last word. When is the last time you regained your strength by it? Not a subject to be studied, um, but to know and to experience the real presence, the real word of our God. When is the last time you wept over it? When is the last time you lost all track of time in his word? 
Church, when's the last time you've meditated on God's word like that? When's the last time you made the space or even created the time to do that? I'm, I'm convinced, church, that this is exactly what we need. I'm convinced that, that, that through regular prayer, both listening and talking, and through meditation on scripture, I believe that we will again enjoy, find our joy in the presence, the very real presence of our God. I believe as Psalm 34, 8 says, um, that we will taste and see that he is good. Um, That we would surrender, let go, and replace our fear Anxiety, stress, our tightness, our clamped down hands, death gripped on the armrest, that will replace that with a knowledge, a knowing of our God, that will experience gospel stillness. Um, and listen, I want to help us do this. I mean, practically, I want to help us give you a tool to, to do this because now is the best time for us to, to step into this together. Um, I want to introduce you to an ancient practice that, that brothers and sisters, the church, has, have been doing for thousands of years. Countless thousands of, of brothers and sisters have gone before us and have practiced this. And this practice was literally just something that would help the church to, to stop, to pause to stop from their busy and chaotic and stressful lives to worship, know, and enjoy Jesus. Um, It's a practice that is called Lectio Divina. Uh, Lectio Divina. It's a a Latin word that that literally means divine reading. So Lectio Divina. And, And it's a practice that is simple and it's a practice that I believe that we will be able to to bring into our lives easily. I'm excited to share this with you. Um, in fact, in fact, uh, we're in the Psalms right now. We're starting the Psalms right now. And the Psalms, church, are incredible to use in this practice. Um, let me walk you through it. The practice is simple. In fact, I've put together uh, a Lectio Divina guide for you. Um, for you to use, for you to, to kind of help you get started in this, in this spiritual, in this spiritual practice. So Lectio Divina has five stages. The first is ready, ready. This is a stage of preparation. It it begins with you finding the time and the space, which might be challenging for many of us. Um, but to find the space and the time, uh, start with 10 minutes. I know you can do that. All right. But find the space, the time where you are able to be still in the presence of our God. Not only find the space and time though, uh, we need to find the, the scripture. We need to find the scripture. And this is not about, uh, quantity. In fact, two, uh, one or two verses, 10 to 15 at most, that'll do. Start there, all right? Um, 
And then lastly, once you've found the, the, the space, the time, once you've found the scripture, um, ready yourself, prepare yourself in, in prayer. In, in prayer, that God would be with you through this and in this, in this time. So that's the first stage, ready. The second stage is read, read. Uh, this is this is easy. We, we, we start with the word of God. We pray that the spirit would illuminate it and speak through his word. And, and what we're gonna do is read the scripture several times, multiple times. I would even strongly encourage, if possible, for you to read it out loud. Read it out loud. Read it slow. There's no rush, no rush at all. Read it slow and just chew on it. Read it multiple times. So we have ready, we have read. The, the third stage is, is reflect, reflect. Um, during this, this stage, we, we think about that scripture. What does it say? What, does, what images fill your mind in this scripture? What is God saying to you through his word? What is the Holy Spirit bringing? Is there a word? Is there a phrase that the Spirit is bringing into your heart? In this stage, I like to read with imagination here. And I'm not talking about imagining things that are not in scripture. That is a no-no. What I am talking about is, is using, imagining with more vivid color the things that are in the scripture. So we, we ready, we read, we reflect. The fourth is we respond. So here we respond to God in prayer. We, 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 pray, we respond to God in prayer over the things that we have just read, the things that God is showing you. We respond. Is it conviction? Is it joy? Um, is it lament? Is it grief? Is it does it challenge you? Does it bring up a fear in you? Whatever it is, we respond to him in prayer from his word. We have one more stage though. The fifth stage, lastly, is rest. Rest. Um, this might be, I bet it, it might be the hardest part of it all. Rest. That we are still that we don't talk, but we listen, um, that we are still and that we know, that we're still and we know, that we rest in the very real presence of our very real God. That's it. So there's no hocus pocus. There's no, uh, nothing like that. It's just stillness in knowing our God through his word. That's Lexio Divina. And listen, I want to encourage you to practice this um, this week. Uh, I want to encourage you to practice it this week. We have prepared a guide for you to use to help you, um, to help guide you even to some of the passages that you could be reading and, and, and meditating on this week. Um, and listen, God has changed my spiritual life. He has set me down a brand new path and it all started here. 
Um, not because, by the way, not because this practice is some silver bullet, it's so good. Uh, no, it's just because God used this practice to show me how good he is and how good his presence is. Um, and when I say it changed my life, I, I mean it. And I recently uh, began my doctoral work and I'm so excited and, and privileged to do it. And um, my dissertation is, uh, is focused on, probably guessed it, uh, the idea of gospel stillness from, based on Psalm 4610. Um, and here's what I believe. Life is not easy. We will face trials. We will face hardship. Through it all, through it all, even through COVID-19 and the uncertainty that it brings, we can all take a moment, a momentary fast from contribution, consumption, and control to worship, know, and enjoy our God more. We can live out Psalm 4610. We can be still and know.